interesting because everybody ran to get online but didn't think about what about the people that couldn't necessarily get online. Welcome to Who's Zooming Who, a podcast for teachers who are teaching remotely. Or now I'm questioning whether it should be teachers or anybody teaching remotely. Hi, I'm Sean Wilden. I'm one of the hosts, and the other host is over there. And he yes, is- here he is, Lindsay Clanfield. Here I'm the other host of Who's Zooming Who. Uh, we are both teachers, teacher trainers, writers, and people who have been working online doing our. applying our trade craft (laughs) whatever um online and we like to talk about it so uh each episode or each each edition of who's zooming home we choose a topic and we kind of do a little dive into it uh that's related in some way to teaching online so if you're an online teacher or if you're a teacher who's been thrust online due to the pandemic and you're still sort of figuring it all out this is the podcast for you that was nicely done, Lindsay. Yeah. So, um, so we, I can't remember if you said it. So we take a topic and uh, we talk about it, but we give ourselves a little challenge uh, just to be different from our other podcast. We give ourselves a challenge. And in this challenge, we give ourselves 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. All right. 10 minutes so you got your, Sean always is the one with the timer. Sean has his timer. And I, I do. And, and do you have it ready now? I do. Yes. I okay. Know. How right. do you know I wasn't ready? Okay. Start the timer. Three, a two, a one, and we're off. And okay. so, go on, Em. So, our topic today is slow internet. And what we're going to do is we're going to tackle this topic from two angles, okay? The first, because obviously slow internet in terms of live online teaching is going to be a problem, okay? So, if you have slow or bad internet as a teacher or as a learner, it's going to be a problem. So, in this episode, what we'd like to do is we'd like to address it, first of all, as the teacher, if you're worried that your internet is slow, some little tricks, hacks, and so on for trying to uh, speed up or fix or get the best out of your internet. And secondly, Sean, I think will then talk about um, if you suspect that your student's internet is too slow to be able to handle all of the live online teaching. And so you'll have to look for other ways. What other things are teachers doing around the world when their students don't have like the really nice quick internet for uh i'm now curious because you said sean i think who else would he well sean i think meaning i think that's what you're going to talk about maybe oh, I say, all right. okay let's go let's go all right so, okay. the teacher point of view. so even though it's slow internet we got to talk quickly all right first of all so if you are worried about your internet speed okay or for some reason your internet is going sluggish or you're trying to connect into your live class and things are getting choppy for some weird reason it hasn't always been like that and today it's slowing down let's go through some of the basic tips to try to speed up your internet okay so the obvious tricks one is get people to turn off their video video feed okay video uses up more bandwidth than audio so get people to turn off their videos lots of people already do this so you just have one person on video at a time that will help things not slow down get people to turn off their audio channel um you could also uh sean taught me this one you can change the video resolution inside your uh uh, your live uh video conferencing platform like zoom right where would that be in the in the uh yeah in the in the preferences um yeah it's one of it was a trick i learned for adobe actually because adobe will always broadcast in in quite high definition so you yep. can just go into your preferences and, and, and knock it uh, down a little bit. Uh, to 720 so it, or something. Yeah, like that. so you lower okay. the quality of the video, there, but it gives you more bandwidth. 
So those are the first obvious tricks that you can do in the moment. Like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh no, it's going slow. These are some things you can try to fix. Other things which are, which you can do in the moment is check around the house. Is there a family member who is downloading something huge? Is there a huge download happening on the computer behind what you're doing? So this is like if a, if a child in your family is downloading a game, are multiple people streaming online at the same time? Now, one person streaming doesn't usually affect, but if many people are streaming things, like one, one person is streaming Fortnite, another one is streaming Netflix at high resolution, another person is watching something else, that's all going to drain down. Yeah, Is this an insight into your life? <laughs> it is, yes. So those are the short-term solutions. Mid-term solutions, this is if it's coming a recurring problem, you want to kind of get the most uh, speed on your internet. One is check your speed. So I just found the site fast.com, which does a check on your internet speed. Just type it and it'll say how fast or slow it is. And then measure that against what your internet provider says they are offering you. <laughs> and so, find out they're nowhere near the same. Yeah, and then you phone and complain. The other thing you can do is what they call the universal fix of hardware which is just turn it on turn it and off, off again. <laughs> turn it off and on again. Doing uh, this not just for the computer, but especially for your router. And something that someone once told me when I did this, they said, leave it off for at least 10 seconds. The 10 seconds to leave it off drains the capacitors. Google it, but it's a is thing. That, is that something from Back to the Future? Yeah, it drains the capacitors. <laughs> Google it, it's a thing. That's on your router. Leave it off and then turn it on again. Usually you get a bump in speed after that. Okay, the other thing is if you are using uh, sharing sites on the video thing, turn off ad, turn on ad blockers. There are some sites on, uh, some ads on sites that are really bandwidth hogs. So if you block them, then that'll help reduce the bandwidth. Also check that your file services like Dropbox, Google Drive, uh, OneDrive, et cetera, aren't automatically syncing in the background all the time. You could pause them or close them, especially with Dropbox. If you're doing things where things are automatically uploading, like photos and stuff like that, that will slow down your thing. And finally, make sure that your router is not in a cupboard or locked away out of sight because it's ugly. It does need to breathe. If you move it into a more open space, your internet will get better. Okay. Um, a router. So make sure your router, you mean your router, Lindsay. <laughs> my router, my router. Anyway. Router. The, uh, yeah, that's router. actually really good advice. I, I just wouldn't, I, you made me wonder where my, uh, my, my router is now and if it's breathing properly. <laughs> you could also look at getting a better, newer one as well. So the newer ones will often give you a big bump in speed. Okay, your turn. That's true. What, what so, about your students? My, so obviously there are, uh, everybody's internet can be different. And um, there is this, obviously if we're having live online classes your students might have low or no internet connection in some cases so how could we what could we do to uh help them and the obvious answer is uh don't rely on live online teaching which sounds a bit <laughs> silly but um obviously and i think if certainly this if you're using google for example if you're using google meet then you've got, you probably have google classroom so you can do things asynchronously as uh well so by asynchronously we mean over time so don't don't do all the tasks necessarily in the live online session put some things asynchronously uh so the students uh, don't have to rely on a good connection in order to do it this might be for example a piece of writing or um, putting a reading file there so they can read afterwards rather than online. So those little things. And so asynchronous teaching or asynchronous doesn't necessarily have to be um, something expensive. You could, for example, if you were teaching adults and they were all on Facebook, you could make that as a Facebook group, for example, a secret Facebook group and do it that way. Other asynchronous tools that you could use, and uh, I was reminded of this with my current cohort that I'm teaching um, online skills with at the moment, is the use of, of 
um, things like WhatsApp. Now, I'm not going to go into the ins and out of using WhatsApp with students. There are privacy issues. You do have to share mm-hmm. numbers, etc. But it, but it is a good way to send things to students uh, if they can't be in a live online classroom. A little WhatsApp group, which I think we all have to help us get through the lockdown. Um, but an educational WhatsApp group is useful. I've, I use them a lot, a lot yep. for extra language practice and sharing. You want to come in? If you are worried about the privacy issues, I was teaching with a cohort in Peru that were worried about that. And we yeah. ended up using Telegram, where you don't have to share each other's uh, telephone numbers. So Telegram yeah, exactly. is or, like a WhatsApp if you're, um, or Asian, line. I, yeah, because yeah. China doesn't like WhatsApp very much. Either, so line would work better there. So as I said, sets has to be done offline. You know, English language teaching uses lots of approaches and methods. So, you know, you could set tasks that the students could complete offline. And then, for example, they could take a photo on their phone and send it to you to show that they've done it and if you do start doing more asynchronous stuff um uh, it's also helpful if you assign like i often assign the tasks uh at, at a semi-regular thing so it's like yeah. every monday afternoon you're going to get your tasks and your tasks have to be completed by sunday by, evening at exactly X time yeah so you set a deadline you set a you set them up you can have kind of staggered deadlines throughout the week um you can you check in and follow up on those tasks to make sure that people are doing them i think you can also blend this asynchronous with the occasional live session which you would record so that if someone still couldn't make it maybe they could watch the recording or something or a very yeah. brief one yep anyway. and of course one of the advantages of of zoom is that uh, if you're doing a recording in zoom if you are recording lessons um you don't have to put up the video you could also put up the audio zoom automatically makes an audio hence the fact we do a podcast in it and so if you put the audio up the students can download it like a podcast so they yep. might not get the visuals but at least they'd hear the lesson and that means that they can listen to it without being connected to the to a device to do it and um, i would add that if that is the case for you be aware of it and have don't don't go on for an hour have a shorter lesson and be aware that you that many of the students might be just downloading the audio. So plan your lesson accordingly and have it more oral information than sort of referring to things off, off uh, on the screen that they can't see. Yeah. Back and then, you, um, sorry, you have all my time as well, Lindsay, please. Um, <laughs> so in um, the other way is to obviously to flip your lesson. So if, if video, if it's been online, online itself, that's a problem, then flip the lesson, record the video beforehand or record a part of the lesson beforehand so people can watch that. And then they're coming to the synchronous lesson or into the asynchronous lesson, knowing what's going to happen. Use things like Google Forms so students can complete things uh, and that will automatically send you. And in synchronous sessions themselves, if you're, if you are live online, share things not necessarily through file share because file share would be sending the whole file across but um put qr codes into your uh slides because then if the student reads the qr code uh with the phone or or um or mobile device or something then uh, that will automatically put it into their history so they don't need to download it immediately they'll have what you need for later on and it's a lot less hassle than than having to necessarily send a file over over the internet uh with it so there are something there are many things you can do but i think those are the things that i would suggest first off for using uh with um or helping students who who might have uh slower internet although i think a lot of those ideas are just good um good online practice anyway um good online teaching practice uh, and variety wouldn't you say no i would say those seem also like those kind of ideas seem like the kind of online teaching that happened in the before times (laughs) the before times (laughs) just remembering to do that uh yes yeah 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 but it wasn't uh, yeah it is i do find it interesting because everybody ran to get online but didn't think about what about the people that couldn't necessarily get online all the time exactly 
exactly, exactly. I mean, there is also the other thing of some of those tips that I said for your own internet for the students is also recommend those kind of things for them if they're like internet is yeah. very bad. Absolutely, today. yeah. Even even as simple oh, as know. oh, are we out of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's it then, everybody. Bye <laughs> for now. Rules. Bye. Yeah, we could. Yeah, bye. <laughs>